Welcome to One Heart, One Mind, a podcast of the Napa, Idaho South Stake to inspire and give hope in our efforts to build Zion. And now your host, Lindy Bauer. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Lindy Bauer, your host, and we are here with our the Napa South Stake patriarch, Monty Schlerf, and his wife, Melissa Schlerf. Hard name to say. Welcome. We're happy to have you. Thank you. Thank you. We're glad to be here. We, we want to start just to get to know you a little bit. So if you can just tell us a little bit about yourselves, tell us who you are, tell us maybe a couple of things you enjoy doing uh, together or separately. We'd love to get to know you a little bit. Okay. I'll take that part of it because I can tell you a little bit about our family, a little bit, of, a little bit about ourselves. Um, both Madi and I grew up right here in Nampa. So we're just local, homegrown. We've lived here all our lives and, you know, went through school and all of that. Um, Which school? Right here. Nampa High. That was the only option at the time. (laughs) Because, you know, Lindy, that was a long time ago. (laughs) So, um, but we went to school here and, and both of us were blessed to be raised in homes where our parents loved the gospel and and lived the gospel, and um, that has been a pattern and a blessing to us and to our family. Um, we went to BYU um, and attended BYU, and Madi served a mission in Taiwan. That was a wonderful experience, and, and we've known each other all our lives. Our families have been connected um, as long as I can remember. And so we've always known one another, and our families had interacted. And um, it was shortly after his mission that we were married in the Salt Lake Temple. And just began our family, attended BYU for a little longer, and then moved back home and had a business and raised our family here. That's awesome. Okay. Sounds like a storybook, storybook life. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Can you give us a couple words in Taiwanese? Do you still speak? Ni hao wang. It's Mandarin. Mandarin. Mandarin Chinese, yes. We, uh, uh, way back when... Uh, Especially when we were at BYU, had an, a lot of opportunities to use Chinese, but nowadays uh, there just aren't very many that speak Mandarin around here. But yes, yeah. it was a wonderful time. So, okay, so now we're going to jump forward a couple of years, and here you are serving as our state patriarch. Can you start off with first telling us what a patriarch is and what a patriarch does? Patriarch is an ordained office in the Melchizedek priesthood. Uh, A patriarch is called to give blessings. Uh, Patriarchs are ordained, so it is a lifelong calling, if you will. Uh, Patriarch is not released. Uh, If the time comes due to age or health that we're not able to give a blessing, then uh, a patriarch is given what is called a non-functioning status. Um, But a patriarch, as I mentioned, is called to give blessings. It is not 
a calling of administration or one to give counsel, that sort of thing. It is not one of presidency, so there are not keys that are held. Um, the blessings that are given are uh, what we refer to as patriarchal blessings. Uh, in that patriarchal blessing, uh, uh, or patriarchal blessings contain uh, inspired information that our Heavenly Father has for his children. A patriarchal blessing is meant to be a sacred guideline. A patriarchal blessing is meant to uh, be a source of inspiration, if you will. Um, A patriarchal blessing also contains what is called a declaration of lineage. Uh, I don't know if we want to get get into that, but but at any rate... um, that is part of a patriarchal blessing. I'm wondering. So when you're saying lineage, you're going to take us back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's right. <laughs> go, go ahead, take us there. How it relates. Okay. A patriarchal blessing contains a declaration of lineage. Uh, once again, that is an inspired declaration uh, indicating uh, through which tribe of Israel the individual receiving the blessing uh, will receive those blessings, if you will. Uh, It identifies the tribe of Israel, uh, speaking of the sons and grandsons of Jacob, uh, as in Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, But anyway, it identifies that specific tribe. And uh, Thank you. Thank you. I think that'll help us clarify what we can, um, what that is. Uh, so, a patriarch today is then very similar to patriarchs of old, of Jake giving those blessings to his sons, and what a patriarch does today. The patriarchs of old, thinking of, of Jacob, who became uh, known as Israel, of course he blessed his sons and grandsons. We read of that in uh, Genesis, in the Old Testament. We read of other prophets uh, giving their sons uh, blessings such as Lehi and uh, um, and uh, others in the Book of Mormon, uh, Alma, for instance. And uh, uh, those blessings are inspired. They seek inspiration from the Holy Ghost. And uh, they are also given through the power of, uh, of the holy Melchizedek priesthood. Um, <clears throat> fathers uh, are have the opportunity to give fathers blessings today. Uh, they are the patriarch in their home. Um, once again, those blessings are given through the power of the Melchizedek priesthood. Um, they do not contain a declaration of lineage as a patriarchal blessing does, but, and they are not recorded as a patriarchal blessing is. A patriarchal blessing is kept in the permanent archives of the church. Um, You've been a father of your children for how many years? Well, we have five children, and our oldest child is 43. And uh, we also have 19 grandchildren. So... So for 43 years, you've been a patriarch. 
have your family, to plaza practice being a patriarch in your family. What was your reaction when you were called? How many years ago has it been? Four years? Four years ago, a little over four years ago. What was your initial reaction when you were called to be a patriarch of of the Nampa South Stake? Totally overwhelmed. I put my head down in my hands and and uh, I was totally overwhelmed. And yet, it was very humbling because there was no doubt in my mind where the call came from. And because of prior experiences, there was also no doubt that the Lord helps those who are called to do His work. Having said that, it was totally overwhelming. Yeah, yeah it was. It was. It was a humbling experience. You know, we were called into President Stuckey's office, and President Stuckey visited with me alone for quite a while before he called Madi in and asked me just questions about my husband and what kind of person he was and. That was a sweet experience just to um, share with President Stuckey the love I have for my husband and just for the good person that he is. He always has been. He's just steady and good and kind, and he's been such a wonderful father and, and husband. And um, But you know, that's a different kind of an interview, right, when you... Um, when you go in and it's it's kind of set up that way, and um, then they called Mondi in, and and President Stuckey um, just looked at us, and I recall that he had tears in his eyes, and he just said, "Your lives are about to change," and that was true. That was true as he extended that call, and Mondi has shared. Um, you know, that overwhelming feeling that I know he had. And, and I felt that feeling of, you know, that weight of the, of the calling. But I also felt such a peace and an assurance that he would have the help he needed. Because we know we can't do this on our own. That it, that it has to be through the help of our Heavenly Father and like he shared, we've had experiences throughout our lives that have taught us over and over that our Heavenly Father is there and he will help us. We will have the help that we need. And looking back on some of those experiences that were so hard, you know, they help prepare you and strengthen your testimony that you can trust Heavenly Father to, to help you with whatever Whatever challenge comes your way, comes our way. And so I had that peace as well as the, oh my goodness, <laughs> you know, this is, it really will change our lives. How did it change your lives? <laughs> First of all, I would not be able to do what I have been asked to do if it weren't for Melissa. That is so critical. When you think of what it takes to have the Spirit in your home, you cannot have contention. That uh, 
nothing drives the spirit away quicker than uh, than contention. And uh, I'm just so grateful for her and for her help in uh, setting the tone in our home. Um, we're a covenant people. We uh, we love the Lord. We uh, part of that. Uh, we daily take time to read the scriptures and uh, study prayerfully. Study what is there. We need uh, a quiet place, a quiet time where we can ponder and pray. Uh, that that is uh, crucial to be able to have the Spirit with us. Um, fasting is an important part of this process for those who are physically able to fast. helps us to draw closer to the Lord. Um, the blessing of going to the temple right now with restrictions uh, with regard to the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, uh, uh, we have missed some of those opportunities, and yet we still have opportunities to go and help in the temple. And uh, that uh, is a tremendous blessing in our lives to help us um, try to stay on the right path. You currently are able to go to the temple and help. What are you able to do? We have helped with uh, both in phase one and phase two. Uh, 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 I am a sealer, so we have been uh, involved in sealings uh, as couples have been sealed. You, you've got to maintain your sealing call. Tell us, is that an ordination? Is that a calling? You're not religiously a sealer, are you? The sealer, uh, that, that we are set apart as sealers. That is not an ordination, but quite frankly, I cannot imagine doing one without the other. It has been, yeah, the temple work uh, and the call as a patriarch, it, it, they go hand in hand. It's, it all ties together. And uh, we have had some wonderful opportunities. Melissa uh, is the, the attendant, and I'm the sealer, and uh, we, we work with these people as they come. And then uh, we also have been able to work with several who have come for their own endowment. And... Uh, we have had some unique experiences during this, you know, restricted time with the temples. Um, in phase one, when when Madi and I would go to the temple um, to to help with the sealing, um, in the beginning we were the only ordinance workers in the temple, and so that was very very unique. It was so special and. You know, the temple was open just for that couple that was coming to be sealed. And in the beginning, they could have four guests, wasn't it, with them? So just Actually six. Six, okay. So yeah. six guests with them. And um, I mean, we've had, we've had some of those experiences that we will treasure that really have been so special. Um, and we are so grateful for the little bit of time we could be in the temple because it does affect, you know, it, it, it helps us to have the spirit with us and strengthens that, you know, that feeling. And 
it's helped. Um, during the pandemic, he wasn't able to give blessings for how long? Henry? Three months. Three months. Oh. We yeah. had a three-month period where we weren't able to. But uh, now uh, we have been able to resume that. And, uh, of course, we're using bit. masks and other things to so we can move forward and it's a wonderful blessing to be able to continue that yeah because so. we missed it we've we missed it you know we've we are so blessed because we get to invite members of the stake you know members all from each of the wards into our home and just meet them and and it's been really such a blessing and so special to have these Usually young people, but we've had all ages, you know, all all kinds of um, people, members come into our home, and it has been wonderful to share that experience. My my dad is a Coptic church, and so he um, was baptized the year before I was born, and then it was when I was I think eleven or twelve, I was older, that he received his patriarchal blessing. And so he's got seven girls, and we all got to be there with him to receive that blessing. Sweet. And I remember it just being a very, it was a very sweet experience. I didn't understand as much as I would going into it now, but I remember the feeling in the home was, it was palpable. You could just feel that it was something very special happening. Can you walk us through the process of what you do when you're preparing for one of those people from our state to come into your home? What is that? What does that look like for you guys as you prepare physically and mentally everything for that experience? Do you want to start? <laughs> and, and do you have one a week? Do you have sometimes three in a day? or We've had as many as three in a day, but okay. usually we try to do one a week. Uh, okay. However, right now we're catching doing at, uh, yeah, at least a couple a, a day, mm -hmm. yeah, a couple each Sunday, and, and then a few during the week is what we'll do. So. I will tell you, on my part, it's quiet at our house. And that's a little bit of a challenge for me, really, because just like, you know, I was used to, I think, a little more noise and just um, a little more commotion, a little more going on. And it's a distraction for him. And it wasn't, it wasn't even hours after he received this call that I knew I knew what those distractions were I mean I could feel it and um, television or things like that that a lot of times it's just background noise but we became keenly aware of the distractions in our life and and we just began to tune it out and I think that's the biggest thing isn't it just to tune out the distractions and focus on inviting the spirit. Very seldom watch TV. Uh, uh, occasionally we'll listen to a little bit of radio, but very, very cautious on what I listen to there. I uh, can't remember the last movie we went to, but um, when we're talking about, uh, when we're talking about giving a blessing, this is, this is the Lord's work. And we, uh, I cannot do what I've been called to do without the Spirit. Um, I have no blessings to give. They are, they are God's blessings to His children. 
the process, I think it's important to recognize that it's not like turning a, a light switch. We can't turn it on and off like a light switch. It is something we need to live for, all of us as members of the church. I mentioned earlier we're a covenant people. We have made covenants. Every week we go and we renew those covenants. We remember the Savior and what he did for us with his atoning sacrifice. It's not something we stop once a week and seek the Spirit. It's something we need to live for. Now, back to your question. Uh, uh, prior to having someone come, uh, it is interesting. There are impressions, there are uh, promptings, uh, and uh, sometimes they'll come days prior. There's a lot of time spent on my knees, and the person is on my mind uh, leading up to that blessing. Um, I have had uh, times in the middle of the night when I am wide awake, and those promptings will come. Uh, I have sat in a, a sacrament meeting here in church, and tears will come to my eyes as I realize I'm receiving an impression that needs something that needs to be included in a particular blessing. Um, I always take several hours before I give a blessing and spend time on my knees. And uh, occasionally I'll, I'll read, uh, whether it's scriptures or, uh, or uh, something from the prophets. Uh, uh, much of that time, though, is spent uh, just in pondering and meditation and, uh, and jotting down the impressions that come. Having said that, um, when the hands are placed on the head and as the blessing is given, that is when uh, it is very obvious that uh, this is the Lord's work and uh, all I am is the mouthpiece. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> um, I was as, as members who have the blessing or looking to receive the blessing, a person can obviously receive a blessing and, and, and those blessings are not immediate, right? Not, they are theirs. How do, what advice do you have for that person to, for lack of a better word, but claim their blessing? You know, each of us are eternal beings. Your patriarchal blessing is eternal in nature. There may be some blessings promised that will be fulfilled in mortality. There may be some of those blessings fulfilled after this mortal life. Um... Regardless, it is up to the individual to live in a manner 
that will allow those blessings to be fulfilled. I love the experience that was shared um, by Elder Carlos A. Godoy um, in General Conference a few years ago. He actually spoke in Portuguese, his native tongue. He talked about a time in his life when everything seemed to be going well. He, I believe he and his wife had two children at the time. Uh, he had a good education. He had a good profession and career. He had just been released as the bishop of their ward. And he talks about an old friend that came to visit. And at the, the end of that visit, this old friend asked him one question. And I think this question is something we probably all should ask ourselves. He was asked, if you continue to live the way you are living, will the blessings promised in your patriarchal blessing be fulfilled? He talks about how that, uh, that worked on him and the Spirit worked on him and he came to realize, uh, actually he and his wife together came to realize that they needed to uh, get in a position where he could further his education. He talks of the miracles that took place to get him into a graduate program in the United States. And they moved their family from their native homeland in Brazil to the United States. At the time he shared this experience, he was a member of the 70. And of course, today we know he is a member of the presidency of the 70. Because he acted on the promptings that came to him as that question was asked. Along those same lines, I really wonder, do we use our patriarchal blessings as they are intended? How long has it been since we read our patriarchal blessings? I encourage all who have received a patriarchal blessing to make a copy and keep a copy handy. The Spirit, as they are prayerfully read and pondered, the Spirit will enlighten our minds. Um, Think of your experiences reading the scriptures. You've, you read a particular passage, one that you've read many times before, and yet this time you read it, and it's almost like you're reading a whole new scripture. You've had that experience, haven't you? Mm -hmm. um, the Spirit is helping you see that in a new light based off of your current circumstances, your current responsibilities. So... Our patriarchal blessings, we can read it today, and the Spirit will help us based off of our current situations. But 10 or 20 years from now, as we read and prayerfully ponder it, you think there may be some areas of that blessing the Spirit may want us to see in a little different light? Absolutely. Absolutely. Your patriarchal blessing can be uh, a... Uh, a tremendous source of uh, uh, spiritual influence, if you will. The, the full meaning of your patriarchal blessing goes far beyond the words that are on the page. It is between you and the Spirit, and in time, 
the Spirit will help you and the Spirit will enlighten you that you may fulfill that which you have been sent here to do and fulfill your full purpose and mission in life. I don't know what I'd add. He, he just, ex- I think he explained that so well. It's been so so nice to spend some time with you. I'd like to have one, one question for both of you. Um, Revelation in general, as we've been speaking about Revelation, but what hope, I think it's obvious, actually, by if you all could see them right now with the brightness in their eyes and their arms periodically around each other and tears in their eyes, I wish you could, I maybe you can see it through voice, but um, what, what hope have you received because of Revelation? I I will tell you that every time I lay my hands on someone's head to give them a blessing, it is just reinforced so strongly how much love our Heavenly Father and our Savior Jesus Christ have for every one of us here. There is no question as to the tremendous potential that we possess. I don't think we can begin to comprehend the potential we really do possess and uh, and how our Heavenly Father and how the Savior actually sees us and what they want us to become. They're trying to help us prepare for a uh, to, to live in a celestial realm. They, they're wanting to talk to us. Uh, I can only imagine how frustrating it must be when, when we're listening to the noise of the world and, uh, and yet we don't take the time to, to listen. And uh, they have so many, so many things they want us to know and uh, so many things they want to help us with. And yet, are we listening? For me, um, the hope that I have because of Revelation is just an assurance. And I guess that's kind of another word for hope, isn't it? I mean, hope is a little more. Maybe assurance is a little more than just hoping. But but I just have such an assurance, as, as Maudie said, that our Heavenly Father loves us. And, you know, I, I get to um, help with the with reading these blessings and um, preparing them um, before they're mailed out. And, and as I read how individual these blessings are from our Heavenly Father, I know that He knows us, and He knows our hearts. He knows what we can become. He knows our potential, as, as He said. Um, and he wants, he wants us to have these blessings. He's so desirous to bless us and to help us. So if we will just do our part, and, and it doesn't have to be these big, hard things. You know, it's the simple things of asking, asking for his help and, and listening for what he wants to tell us that I have hope and an assurance that, that these blessings can be ours, that our family can be eternal that no matter what happens, um, 
through illnesses and challenges and heartaches, the hard, hard things that we face in mortality, that we we can be with our Heavenly Father again and we can be happy and be together as an eternal family. And that's our hope, you know, and that's why we seek the Lord's help because we want to be an eternal family. We want to be together. We want to be with our beautiful children and our beautiful grandchildren. We love them so, so much. And um, that's our hope and and really our assurance, our testimony that these blessings are real and they, they're promised. And we, if we'll do our part, we will claim them. They'll be they'll be poured out upon our head without measure, we're told. So that's what we're living for. There's no question this is the Lord's work. There is no question that personal revelation is real. The heavens are open. We just need to listen. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your time and your love and your testimonies with us. We, we appreciate you. Thank you, Lindy. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to One Heart, One Mind. We hope that you have felt inspiration and hope in moving towards Zion. As always, thank you, and may the Lord bless you. Thank you so much for listening to One Heart, One Mind, Nampa. Our hosts are the amazing overseer, Kim Keller, and the lovely Lindy Bauer. President Keller's right arm is our project director and podcast announcer, Casey Maddox. Our front line is the ever-ready Rachel Bauer to direct the site recording. A big thanks to Michelle Lugrin, who is our backbone project manager and who keeps us all together. Our contact man to coordinate communications clearly is John Freeman. Our technical life is given by Jesus Gomez, the key grip and podcast editor, and Don Ricker, the digital platform manager. Not to mention, they both provide plenty of behind-the-scenes good humor for our happiness and entertainment.